Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Stopping Suicide Step by Step, a podcast where we explore the complexities of mental health through insightful conversations. I just want to start off by saying thank you to all my listeners and viewers who reached out to me to make an episode about self-harm. I really, really appreciate it and I hope this episode helps. So today I'm going to be guessing that you know I'm going to be talking about self-harm, what it is and why we need to talk about it in society more. And a quick warning before I start that episode, there is some strong language used um, in today's episode and it's a conversation about self-harming behavior. If this is upsetting for you, I do encourage you to take your own mental health and healing into consideration. I want you to do what's best for you so that might mean taking breaks while listening, listening with a support person in your life, or just not listening to this episode at all, which is completely fine. So let's dive in. Self-harm refers to individuals that are hurting their body, either by skin scratching, cutting, bruising of the skin, or sometimes even burning the skin, and interfering with the healing of wounds, mental or physical wounds. It can be a lot of different behaviors, but it's done to one's body for the purpose of usually regulating some sort of emotional stability and kind of like trying to cope with um, emotional instability or an emotional event or a situation that have caused an emotional distress. And it can be in a number of different ways. So I'll get into those later, specific ones. But uh, I just want to preface this by saying that a lot of times people confuse uh, self-harm with people that are self-destructive. And that's just like, you know, self-destructive is doing things that might be harmful. Um, For example, like driving under speed limit is reckless. And that's harmful, not necessarily to yourself, um, but just to the others around you included. So that's why it's not really going to be considered a self-harm. So self-harm is done uh, when it's specifically having like behaviors and um, activities that are harming one's own self. And to be more specific, what are some examples of self-harm? Well, um, I'm sure we can all kind of think that self-harm is just, you know, cutting or stabbing um, uh, the skin. But it also does include, you know, burning, biting, hitting, hair pulling, excessive picking or scratching at the skin intentional bruising or bone breaking and you know trying to like choke oneself or commit any other acts of you know violence against oneself and self-harm is usually caused by people like kind of stumbling into it and i don't mean this literally so some of it can be you know learned from the peers or the media like tv shows or uh, music and stuff like that but a lot of times people are kind of just naturally for whatever reason stumble into struggling with self-harm and this is an attempt on how to control how they feel and to kind of eliminate um, their emotional distress or just cope with their emotional distress. Oftentimes, it's usually used as a coping skill. And even though it may be considered maladaptive, meaning like unhelpful, it's something that people use to cope with whatever might be going on internally and emotionally in their head. Uh, this is because, for one reason, many people think it reduces kind of some sort of stress and anxiety in their lives. Um, self-harm is viewed by people as, you know, just relaxation or it's helping them heal. Uh, in reality, this type of healing is not really a good or healthy coping method. The reason that people don't understand self-harm um, usually or why it's like, you know, stigmatized in our life um, in, in society is because they see self-harm as... Uh, bad, scary, and even wrong. And this is one of the reasons why many people who struggle with self-harm refuse or are afraid to seek help. It's because of the stigma surrounding self-harm. 
Oftentimes, people who are going through self-harm will say or consider it as self-expression, an outward expression of their internal pain, discomfort, or distress. But it's important to recognize that self-harm is a symbol of mental health issues and it is a serious, serious behavioral pattern that must be addressed. Research has furthermore showed that self-harm is known to happen in adolescents going through mental health issues rather than adults or uh, older age populations. But it is important to remember that it can happen to anyone at any point and it's not necessarily in one age group. Self-harm is usually uh, due to the onset of mental health conditions such as uh, main ones such as anxiety, depression, isolation, loneliness, and childhood trauma, family trauma, etc. So do you want to know kind of one of the big myths that everyone uh, about, you know, self-harm? One of the big myths is that everyone who self-harm themselves is in reality very suicidal. This is an example of where we as society and advocates have to throw logic out of the door. Because logically it would make sense that, you know, if I'm cutting myself, I want to die. Uh, But individuals who self-injure don't set out to be suicidal. However, individuals who do self-injure have a higher chance of suicidal ideation in the long run, whether it may be passive suicide ideation or active. But most of the times it's passive in that they're kind of searching for a bigger... Uh, high or like a you know a deeper cut and wanting to kind of create more and more uh, severe uh, types of self-harming behaviors like you know one day they're just like kind of um, hair pulling or uh, them pulling their hair or pinching their skin the next day can transition to cutting themselves that essentially mean passive um, but I also do think that one of the big things we need to understand is that anybody who is immediately self-harming is not going to be suicidal, but it's important to remember as mental health advocates that we should be assessing for suicide. I think it's important that you all know how complicated this topic is, and it is something that's very complicated. It needs intervention. It needs medical intervention. It's not something that we can handle for our loved ones, especially in the case of adolescents and teenagers. And this is because many times adolescent Uh, and teenagers are, you know, going through different changes in their mind, in their body, um, and they may just not really be open or comfortable to talking to a trusted adult. Uh, Many times teenagers are, uh, you know, afraid of asking for help. And um, I know that sometimes just in order to stop it, we may have a mentality that, you know, I'm just going to put my foot down on it, or I'm going to tell them that, you know, this is nonsense behavior and they need to quit self-harming themselves. But it's so much more complicated than that. Mental health is so much more complicated than just telling someone to quit it or, you know, just change your uh, way you think. Because it's it's really, really hard for many people to just do that. Uh, it takes, you know, time, it takes patience, and it takes help, professional help. If you are, if you are wanting to self-harm or having thoughts uh, like that, or if you are self-harming yourself, please, please, please tell someone. It may be just telling, you know, a professional. That's very important. But if that's not, you know, an option for you right now, telling a family member, friend, teacher, venting to someone, you know, um, over a helpline or a hotline can really make a difference as they can, you know, guide you in the right direction towards professional help. Seeking professional help, once again, is the best way to go about dealing with self-harm. So anyway, that is my rant today, you know, just talking about self-harm, why we need to talk about it and what it is. 
And, you know, thank you for listening to this episode today. And I'll see you next Wednesday as we talk about um, more topics in mental health and as we stop suicide step by step and episode by episode.